We have almost forgotten that we are in a great mortal combat. The battle of the forces of good and the forces of evil. Today we are beginning either to domesticate the devil or else to deny him. God's definition of himself is I am who I am. The devil's definition of himself is I am who I am not. He is most powerful when he is denied. Welcome to War College. Man, I like saying that name, War College. <laughs> too, late, too late Catholics with high T. This is high T Catholicism. And by the yeah. way, th these are two Catholics that are fully vaxxed with the blood of Jesus. Dan, welcome to the show. <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely right. Fully vaxxed, fully boosted. I got, I've got all my boosters. I've got seven boosters. No, I don't have I've got six boosters. I'm not ordained. I've That's got all right. the boosters. This is where the blood of Jesus throws to the, the mystical body of Christ. We remember Christ in his body, right? <laughs> so absolutely. Hey, I want to give a shout out to my to the, some warriors out in uh, uh, New Bremen, Ohio. You and I both spoke there uh, a year apart. Uh, new, newly ordained Deacon Brad. Uh, and, of course, their, their warrior pastor, Father Dorn. Tremendous, doing tremendous work there, the work of God. And, and really back in God's country, of course, the great state of Ohio. And uh, I, I um, had a great mission, had a great time there. Um, it's just great to, to rub elbows with like-minded guys. We're not, you know, sometimes I know our listeners might get out there and think, oh, my gosh, things are really bad, you know. As we say in the military, welcome to the stock. You know what I mean? You just got to embrace <laughs> it. But when you travel as much as you and I do, you realize there's some good dudes. Oh, there's some man. warriors. There's some, there's some mama bear warriors, and there there's some there's some guys standing guard. You know what I mean? That are standing there, yoked out spiritually, uh, uh, serving the body of Christ and doing the great work of God. Or so like my like my guys. like my boys say when they see somebody who's buff, they go, "Dad, he's jacked." We got some jacked Catholic men out there. Hey, we're going to talk about the Epiphany Blessing with Dr. Dan Schneider. And we're going to talk about uh, all kinds of other spiritual warfare topics. That's right, man. That's wake up, rise and shine. This is War College telling you all you spiritual Catholic warriors out there, rise and shine. Get up, get out of the fart sack. Get up and do your daily prayers, just like we did as soldiers and you as law enforcement. We do this stuff. You just have a disciplined life. You just got to get out. You got to get out of bed and get up on it, right? I love it, man. Hey, I love it. And take fun runs ri today. Ri rise, rise and shine. <laughs> and hey, especially, Dan, uh, as Catholics, we celebrate. The, the, the power of the resurrection up until Pentecost. So again, for the next, you know, up until Pentecost Sunday, we are, we are celebrating that momentous event, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the implications it has for us. So yeah, when you hear Reveille, rise and shine because Jesus Christ is alive and well and he's coming back. <clears throat> Dan, I want to ask you a question about the Epiphany Home Blessing. Uh, some of these beautiful traditions of the church are coming back 
and they're becoming mainstream. Catholics are no longer having to, you know, use sage on their houses and uh, burn incense yeah. to, uh, to dispel spirits. Catholics are going old school and they're starting to use what's called the Epiphany Blessing. Can you give us the theology of the Epiphany Blessing for somebody who's never heard of this? What is it? And, uh, and, and give us some of the nuances of the Epiphany Blessing. Yeah, the, so this is a blessing that's done. Again, we need as Catholics to start tapping into the liturgical calendar. We, we, see, we see, again, working with, the, with, the, with those afflicted with, with demons that they have a— the demons know the liturgical calendar. I've seen case after case where they, you know, you know, they'll light certain cases will light up on certain feast days. You see the charism of that saint on a certain on their feast day, bearing bearing weight, the authority of the church through this charism uh, on their feast day. There's cases that that will manifest uh, every Marian every Marian feast day. That you know, I've seen people that come go off the res. They go show up at the parish, show up at the diocese. The, the, the diabolic realm recognizes this. So we need as Catholics to tap into the beauty, the power, the grace, the glory of the liturgical calendar. The Epiphany Blessing in, in Spanish, you know, um, it, it, you, you, you see it. I'm going to give you this is you ask, you, you know, you ask for you, if a mouse or give a mouse a cookie. OK, so you ask me this. So this is the backdrop. The Epiphany in English, Epiphanes, goes back to uh, it's a Greek concept actually the concept of God become a, a God taking on human form you remember the great desecration uh, the abomination of abominations when when um, Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes Epiphanes right the Epiphanes is to appear so to Epiphanes is to appear from above so God in human form right and 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 now we have in Jesus Christ the true God in true human form coming among us, right? So this is the, this is what ep epiphany means. This is God saying, "All right, I know what you guys, you, you Gentiles, you pagans, what you think? You think that this this human king is God? I'm going to show you the real king, this child born in a manger who is truly human and is truly God among us, who is revealed as God, as God's son." And so in, in Spanish, you have you don't call it epiphanies as much as what tres reyes, right? The three yeah. the feast of the three kings. Perfect. So. What are these three kings? They represent the different ends of the earth, the pagan, the Gentiles that come to, to Bethlehem, to Israel, to honor, worship, and adore their king. So this is the showing of the, of the universal kingship of God-made man, the true epiphany, the true epiphany of the presence of God in humanity. Now, this is celebrated um, in the, in the, uh, um, during the, the, the season and marks the end of the Christmas season. Now the, the, the word of God goes into the, the, the word of the, the, the enunciation of the, the birth of God now goes into the Gentile territory, spreading beyond the borders of Israel. This is a, an ancient tradition to bless your homes with this. Um, you know, you put the year and you put the, 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 um, the, the initials of the three wise men that came the, that, and, and you mark the head of household can do this. You use blessed chalk, you mark it over the door, um, and it marks your house. What's interesting is, again, remember Art Linkletter said that the there was a TV show he had called The Kids Say the Darndest Things, right? Well, yeah. I'd like to write a book called Demons Say the Darndest Things or Demons Do the <laughs> Darndest Things. It was one particular case where somebody did their epiphany blessing on their home, and it's a short little ritual, but it's very powerful. It's deprecatory, 
but it's very powerful. Remember, lay people cannot bless objects. You impreg through the deprecatory form, you can bless ob you can bless your house and bless objects. When we say grace, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, right? So we're not blessing. We can bless our wives, our children, um, you know, so we can bless you can bless your children, um, but you can't bless objects. But you can invoke through your authority of head of household the blessing of God. And so one particular case we dealt with, um, the, the the minute this person did this blessing in their home, they had some garbage some oppression level garbage in the home and the minute they they did the blessing it all ceased and then it reappeared a year later they looked on the calendar it was one day after the epiphany blessing god blessing is, is a blessing that is good for a year so this is something again the demons have showed us this is a this is a very powerful blessing that works i've had people do this in their places of business where they run a business um and they have they have a natural law authority through the corporate structure that the demon must, uh, you know, the demon is still going to try to stop those those events and businesses, that sort of thing. But but they have a natural authority, the operation of the business and the rightful commands as president of the corporation. So I've seen businesses bless their businesses with this. And and it's really tremendously helped break any spirits of oppression there. So this is, and it's great to, to, to see people come back to it and resurgent uh, among among regular Catholics. So get rid of all your uh, your superstitious uh, sages and and incense and everything else that you're dream catchers. Get rid of yeah. all that garbage, and get on the internet. Just type in Epiphany House Blessing, and there's you know different protocols out there. Uh, and a man, the husband can do this. The head of house can do this. Obviously, you want to do it. Uh, on Epiphany Sunday, but you can do it any day of the year, but that's when it's... it's yeah, so, so if you're just hearing this and you want to do it, um, um, go to your pastor, get some blessed chalk, uh, or buy some chalk and have him bless it, because that's important as well. The demon knows the difference between blessed and unblessed objects, right? This is the whole the whole concept of the sacramental uh, sacramental economy, the sacramental system that, that um, through matter that that matter can convey divine power so you know uh, cursed objects work in the same way but an inverse so 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 the demon will know the difference between blessed and unblessed chalk it's not that the the, the house is still not blessed but again it's a it's a fuller sign and it's a better sign to do that again the demons say the darndest things you can put water holy water and tap water unblessed in front of a, a person they're afflicted and they'll be able to touch the water and tell you which one is is blessed. They don't know how, but this is part of the occult knowledge of of someone with a diabolical, a deep diabolic affliction. So use blessed chalk. If you're just figuring this out or hearing this for the first time, you can do it now and then do it again during the eight day uh, period of the feast of the Epiphany, ideally on Epiphany Sunday. Um, but jump on it now, you know, and then and then uh, yeah, that, pick it up again in January. Dan, you said something. Uh, you talked about that the uh, the Epiphany blessing. It augments the blessings and graces upon your house because there's so much prayer power around the world on this special feast day. It reminds me kind of of like a swimmer. A swimmer will swim a lot faster if he swims in the same direction of a strong river current. He will he will he will not swim as fast in a still pond of water or if he's trying to go upstream. And so when you do the Epiphany blessing, you're uniting your prayers with millions of people. You're, ta you're, you're tapping into the mystical body of Christ, and you're tapping into the prayer power of the church militant, suffering, and triumphant, correct? 
Exactly. So picture the Roman, the Roman army, you know, where you'd have, say, 50, 60,000 heavy infantry soldiers standing in battle formation before the, 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 the barbary, the barbarians on the other side of the battlefield. In between is this vast wasteland and it's quiet. And all of a sudden, the bar the barbarians just start screaming and yelping and slashing their skins and doing the things that pagan barbarians do, right? Invoking their false gods and all these other things. The Romans stand motionless in perfect battle array, perfectly aligned. And all of a sudden, one of them taps his shield with his sword. Shoom, shoom. And next thing you know, that starts getting picked up. And now you've got 50, 60, 80,000 Soldiers not screaming in hysteria, but quietly and methodically hitting their shield with their sword that resonates through the valley, striking fear among their enemies. Whoa! This is this is what we're doing as Catholics when we pray the the, the litany of the Angelus together at six twelve and six. When you pray the the, the prayer of the Exilian Christian Orm, you're uniting self with all of us doing spiritual warfare. When you do the Epiphany blessing, you're standing in formation. At like 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 the the mystical body of Christ in heaven in purgatory on earth, hitting our shields in the same rhythm. Wow, wow, wow! Letting the enemy know here comes Christ, here comes the soldiers of Christ. <laughs> what a picture you just painted! Then also the Epiphany door, uh, blessing over the doorway. <clears throat> Again, we're calling upon the protection of the blood of Jesus over the house invoked by Dad, head of household. It also reminds me of, of, of the, the doorway of, that the Israelites, they sprinkled the blood of the Paschal Lamb to protect them from the angel of death in Egypt. Uh, so it's, it's, there's, a simil, there's a similarity there. Uh, it's an Old Testament. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would say it's a New Testament fulfillment of an Old Testament practice, correct? Right. You have a prefigurement of the marking of the door. You know, we know in the marking of the door and the ritual practice, you, you know, that united Israel, the same ritual um, that this caused the, the the protection of those in that household. You know, I, I've, I've heard it said before, but I've never seen any exegesis on this. But if you're marking a door with blood on the on the on the top and the mantles, the blood drips down the middle. You've got this prefigurement of the blood of Christ through the lamb marking the door. And this is what the Epiphany blessing is doing. It's proclaiming Christ to all the nations in every neighborhood, in every country, in every continent of the world. The mark of Christ is on a door announcing the, the newborn king, the kingship of Jesus Christ at the beginning of every year. You know, so so you see this prefigurement of marking the door from the old. Remember what what Jesus did, said, I didn't come to abolish, but fulfill these things are the shadows of the reality to come. So Christ pre, is prefigured. In the Old Testament, he, there's a prefigurement that takes place there: the sacrificial lamb, the 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 the, the Passover system, um, the the ark. Uh, all these things prefigured the manna, right? As Saint Paul says in First Corinthians 10, you know, these were shadows; these prefigured Christ. So the waters of of the waters of 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 Noah prefigures baptism, says Saint Peter. All these things we now begin to see richly, three dimensionally. This is the way the spiritual realm sees sees the, the liturgical calendar of the church and these liturgical practices. Think for a second what would happen if you're back in ancient Israel and, and you decided, ah, man, I, and I, I don't like lamb, right? It's a little gamey for me. I'm just <laughs> going to do chicken instead. You know what I mean? I don't I'm on, think so. I, I, I'm, I, I'm doing paleo, so I'm not going to eat the bread. I'm, you know, I'm not going to dip in the herbs. I'm on the paleo diet. You know what I mean? What would happen? Well, that, 
Hold that thought, Dan. We'll be right back. We're going to be talking. <laughs> Spiritual warfare at its finest. We'll be right back. Stick around. War College, High Testosterone Catholic Radio, two Catholics that are fully vaxxed with the blood of Jesus and fully boosted with all the sacraments <laughs> of the church. <laughs> By the way, I just want to mention that <laughs> there's going to be a yeah, mother-daughter. Yeah. I just want to mention, then some, some retreats that we have oh, coming yeah, up, please. Liber Cristo here. Uh, the father-son retreat is full, so if, anybody, if anybody's interested in being on the waiting list, please contact libercristo.org, their website, libercristo.org. That one is uh, full with the father Ripperger, but you can uh, get on the waiting list. You have the mother-daughter retreat, June 26th to July 1st, and the reclamation theology retreat, June 12th to July 17th. They still have openings. They still have openings. Uh, just get a hold of, uh, go to libercristo.org, libercristo.org, and you can sign up for those two uh, conferences. One is with Father Ripperger, uh, the, the the Daughter and Mother Conference, and then the Reclamation Theology Conference is with uh, Kyle Clement, who is Father Ripperger's right-hand man. Uh, Dad, what does Reclamation Theology mean in a nutshell before we go on to the next topic? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a topic, that, that's, a, that's a, a phrase that Kyle uh, coined uh it's just a reclaiming the tradition and reclaiming oh, the, the theological tradition of the church. Yeah. Kind of, kind of what we're doing. That's what we're doing right now. This is this would be considered reclamation theology. We're, we're reclaiming the tradition of the church, the language of the church, the theological language of the church, the precepts of the church, returning to tradition. Yeah. yeah you, you could talk about neo-scholasticism. You can talk about race small theology. Um, there's other, there's other uh, uh, more uh, socially acceptable among scholastic circles or uh, scholarly <laughs> circles but that's kyle's blue collar way of saying let's return to tradition census like the census traditionis is the latin way of saying it the sense of tradition recapturing that as catholics and i think it's what's going to take i think it's what what it's going to take to 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 push back against the the, the forces that are really lined against us well this is exactly what we're doing in this program is we're going back old school and reclaiming the things that work and we're trying to get away the things that have been experiments for the last 60 years and they don't work. They don't work. Uh, They're not working. Let's just move on. Let's go back because we're fighting an ancient enemy. You know, that's the that's the principle we got to understand. Think about the epiphany blessing for a minute and the three rules that, that Father Ripperger has fleshed out very clearly. The demon will yield or not yield according to three basic rules. He's going to go down a checklist. One, does this person rec have requisite authority over the person, the place, or the object? Epiphany blessing needs to be done, not by Jesse because he's an evangelist, not by Dan because he's a PhD. It has to be done by the person who has requisite authority over the place, which is the father and head of household. Number two, what is the merit? What is the depth of the state of grace? If you say, well, I blessed my home and it didn't work. There's still garbage there. Well, guess what? You're the garbage. You have the spiritual clinger, cling on. Do you know what I mean? You're not driving your own bus. Get your house clean in order inside before you can expect it to be cleaned on the outside. Stay in the state of grace. Be that example. You bless your house with this blessing and you're looking at porn as a father. Forget about you're, it. You're letting him right in, man. You, you lock the front door and you open up all the other doors in the house and say, come on into my ranks. Have access to everybody in my home. And number three is, what are the words? 
specifically? What are the words, right? Word prayer begets what it signifies. So here's some of the things we say. Um, the star burned like a flame, pointing the way to God, the king of kings. The wise men saw the sign and brought their gifts and homage to their great king. Many shall come from Sheba bearing gold and incense. Let us pray, O God, who by the guidance of the star did this day reveal your only begotten son to the Gentiles. Grant that we may, who know you by faith, be brought to the contemplation of your heavenly majesty. Um, um, nations shall walk in your light, right? Um, Lord God, this cre- uh, let me see. Um, so you're going through and you're playing, you're, 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 um, here we go. So you're calling upon, this is the words, this is what you're asking and invoking for the upcoming year, right? Um, uh, bless this house, almighty God, that it may become a shelter of health, chastity, self-conquest, humility, goodness, mildness, obedience to the commandments, and thanksgiving to God, right? Upon this house and all those who dwell herein, may your blessing remain forever, Right? The father and the family and the three kings, that, that is the, the wife and children, take the blessed chalk and they, they put over the door. Christus mansionum benedicat, may Christ bless this home with the names of the three wise men, CMC, Caspar, Malchiar, and Balthazar, right? And they put the year, so that year, it's good for that year. And then again, these prayers, uh, and you're proclaiming into the cosmos, you're projecting, oh, star of wonder, star of night, star of royal beauty, bright, etc. So you're, you're invoking these words. The demon hears these words. I've been in many sessions where, look, my Latin isn't great, but my Latin's okay, okay? I, it's good enough to know when somebody speaking Latin uh, is from the Midwest or if they're from the South or from England, right? But to hear it, to hear it, to watch a demon, the father, the priest has got his nose in the book, reading the right in Latin, and he's doing these prayers or that prayers in Latin, and he mispronounces a word to see the demon smirk at him, like, oh, this is it, this is the best that God could send against me, a guy that can't even put the right accent marks on his Latin, right? Words mean things, right? And the demons reveal that to us in, in spiritual warfare. So when we pray this blessing, it conveys the authority of head of household. And you're saying this household belongs to Christ. May the light of Christ and these virtues we've asked for, may it be pure and chaste, right? May it reflect the Holy Trinity. These are the prayers that we're praying, learning how to project those prayers from, from authority. And you're doing this united again, like other Roman soldiers throughout the world, Roman Catholic soldiers, hitting their shield with a certain quiet intensity and confidence, right? Let the pagans jump up and down and slash themselves. We're Romans, right? They're saying, we're going to be systematic about it. And this is what I like about this return to this tradition. We're getting back to the systematic basics, what I call smash mouth Catholicism, just grinding out, doing the basic things and tapping into tradition or reclamation theology. Wow, good stuff. Daniel, I've also heard you say before, and I just looked it up right now, just uh... <clears throat> The Jews also prayed three times a day. So they had, again, they, there was prayer power amongst yeah. the Jewish people. You, uh, King David talks about it. The book of Daniel talks about it. Uh, in fact, I just, went, I just went to a Jewish website right now where I get a lot of my information uh, from Jewish theology. And it says, Jewish law makes it our duty. to. This is from a rabbi. Jewish law makes it our duty to pray three times a day, in the morning, in the afternoon, and at nightfall. These prayers are called morning prayer, Shakirat, afternoon prayer, Mincha, and evening prayer, Arvith. Uh, this was mentioned by David, by Daniel the prophet, and people face Jerusalem as they pray. And so again, even 
This is, I think, where as Catholics we've tapped into uh, that stream of grace set times of the like ours is six, twelve, and six, where we tap into the stream of grace. You can see, you can see the, line, the 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 yeah. the ligatures connecting us from Judaism. Yeah, that's Paul, my, that's my point. Can it make the connections? Yeah, Paul the six says that spiritually we're all Jews, right? What was what was concealed in the old is revealed in the new. The shadows of the old become the reality. Colossians uh, two seventeen. These were the shadows. The reality points to Christ. All these things, moons, Sabbaths, these other things. But here it is. It's called the, the Shema Yisrael. It comes from Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord are, is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words which I'm commanding on you today shall be on your heart. You shall repeat them diligently to your sons and speak of them when you sit at home in your house and when you walk on the way, when you lie down and when you get up. You shall tie them as a sign on your hand. They shall be fontlets on your forehead. You should write them on the doorpost of your, your house mm. and on your gates. The, 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 the Greek word, what it says here, translates, uh, repeat them diligently. You sometimes see it translated as drill, right? Like we would do in the military. Nobody in the military likes drilling, where you just do, where you just do parade drilling. March, right face, left face, bout face. Right. You do all these things and you just drill it till this becomes second nature. Drilling Roman legionnaires would drill and drill and drill and instill discipline in them. So in the history of Israel, this was one of the greatest prayers that three times they would drill the law into the into the hearts of their into the minds of their children. So that would penetrate their hearts. Then they would do it specifically when they left the home at midday, when they returned home. And we follow the same tradition. And how do we say, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is, is uh, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and love Him with all your heart"? What do we say? And the how do we know? The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit, right? And the Word became flesh, or behold, the handmaid of the Lord. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We pronounce in our own way the same, the same orarium, the same daily prayer. Now gets translated in, Christ, in the Christendom in this way, and then of course into into the developed. Um, liturgy of the hours, which 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 developed over time as a monastic tradition took took hold in the fourth century. So 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 we we see the roots of of Christianity in Israel, and this this prayer is a tremendous prayer. Again, words mean things. This is consecrating your house, marking your doorpost, marking your property. You, you know, we get some emails. You and I exchanged emails this week on putting St. Benedict medals uh, around your property uh, or bless soul. Yeah, that's that's a yeah. question that comes up oftentimes. So let me ask you the question, Dad. People are always asking, I think something's happening in my house. I've done the Epiphany blessing. I'm living in a state of grace. I'm praying, you know, three times a day. I'm firing on all cylinders. There still seems to be activity in the house of uh, of a preternatural uh, order. Uh, what can I do in addition? I've heard about burying uh, Saint Benedict medals uh, around the house. How do I do that? What's the protocol? Walk me through this. I'm a Catholic man that's trying to keep my house uh, as 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 yeah. guarded from the diabolical as possible. Yeah. First of all, um, I, we get many many times. Well, I was in this house, uh, and then I think that house was haunted. So then I moved, and then I moved in with my baby daddy, and then that his house was haunted too. So I moved in with my sister down into a mobile home park, and uh, guess what? Her house was had a bunch of stuff in it too. And, you know, we have to say, well, 
um, there's one commonality and that's you, you know what I mean? You're bringing these things with you. So first of all, you got to get your interior house squared away. You got to clean up. You can bless, you can do all sorts of blessings. You can bring a priest in, you can bring in your bishop to say mass and do an exorcism in your home. But if you're allowing him in as, 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 as head of household or someone in your household is letting this stuff in, there's a portal, there's an entryway in. So make sure you, 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 you first look at all the spiritual things. Look also for any physical objects, right? These cute little things that grandpa left you with this funky symbol with a G and a compass and a square. Get rid of that garbage. It's, it's occultic. It's Freemasonic. Get rid of it. If that, that Buddha statue you brought back when you went on vacation. Dan, I hear the music. Hold on, Dan. Bore College, we'll be right back. Stick around. Good stuff. Don't go anywhere. So Richard in the studio put up a picture of a Roman, the Roman legions in battle array for those that are watching on Facebook. It's pretty awe-inspiring when, when, you, yeah. when you, yeah. Dan, what a powerful picture. I mean, for those that are just tuning in, uh, you're, you painted one of the most powerful pictures of the uh, advantage of entering into prayer throughout the, the life of the church, 6, 12, and 6. Uh, the Jews also had the same construct, morning, midday, and evening. Uh, also, again, the three o'clock prayer of the Divine Mercy. Now we have that. Liturgical prayers and Sunday Mass. That explanation of the Roman soldier is one of the best explanations I've ever heard as to what happens when you unite your personal prayer, wherever you're at, with the times of the prayer in the church, if you can just say that one more time for somebody that's just tuning in, that was absolutely brain popping. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I learned, I relearned my Latin by reading Julius Caesar. So it's, it's it, my, my ecclesial Latin is a bit, bit warped by ancient Latin. So the way the Romans would do it in battle is that they would be lined up. The Romans would be lined up in perfect battle array, right? The, the usually the triplex aciates, which is a Three or, or or sometimes they had different, but that was their main one. Where they have three battle lines of tens of thousands of men in the exact same uniform. The centurions would have everybody would have their plume this way, except for the centurions it would go this way, so everybody could see them. Oh. They would they would carry sticks made out of vine grapevine. Uh, uh, branches that bent. If somebody gets steps an inch out of line or tries to retreat, they would take a beating from the centurion. Right? Everybody knew who was in charge. Everybody knew. Everybody knew their place. Everybody knew their lane. The pagans, the, the barbarians, the Gauls, and these others, they would they would sit on the other side and just this mass assembly, this mob, and they would scream and paint their faces blue, and they would they would wear ox heads on their heads, and you know invoke their false gods or demon gods, and they would just cut themselves and slash, and the Romans would stand silent in between the two forces. It's this wide open battle for this no man's land, and it's just waiting for the signal. The Romans are waiting in perfect non moving and then one Roman would take his, 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 his gladius, and they stood there with their shield up, and they would, they would just start tapping it rhythmically. Tap, 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 tap. And, and the next guy would join him. And next thing you know, you've got 160,000, 80,000 men, not screaming, not emotional, but quietly and confidently 
filled with a certain, well, that same feeling you get in, if you've ever been in combat today or kicked a door in today as a cop or walked into a house fire as a firefighter, that same intensity, that same adrenaline rush, but it just very calmly, methodically, professionally, 50, 60, 80,000 men at the same time striking their shield with their sword, and that echoes through this valley. And when we pray together as Catholics, there's there's power. What does the word Catholic mean? It's universal. There's a universality of the church. We pray together, and we tap into the power of the church. And that prayer, we start tapping our shields. This is the house of Jesus Christ, right? We start tapping our shield, right, with our sword. The, this, the, the, the souls in purgatory united with us, they start tapping. The saints in heaven, right? The heavy artillery in heaven, the B-52 bombers start tapping their shields. The monastic, the, the Carmelites, the Benedictines, the Adoration Sisters, the, the poor Clares, they sit there every day just quietly tap, tap, tap. This is the preparation for battle because we're, we're doing it in a systematic uh, a way, not based on charism and hype and, 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 and emotion and these other things. It, was a, it had to have been a tremendously awe-inspiring and fear-inspiring because you're going off. It's like, you know, they would teach us when you're fighting, right? Some guys that they want to like stare you down and beat you up. But the scariest guy that that doesn't even acknowledge that you're there when you're getting ready to fight a guy, it's the, the guy that's barking at you and trying to be a tough guy. That guy's not scary. The scary guy looks you right in the eye like you don't even exist. Like he knows what he's going to do. And that's what the Romans did. Another thing that they did too, Caesar would go to a, to a, a, a fortified a city and he would try to negotiate. Hey, let's not let's not uh, uh, you know let's save ourselves a little. Save me some work. I'll save you guys a lot of pain. And we're gonna hit. We're gonna negotiate. If they refuse to negotiate, he would walk up to the door with a with a battering ram, and he would hit it once. And he would wait and see if they came out. You know, he would take about twenty guys carrying a log this big, and they would come out and they would hit it twice. If that if that log, that battering ram hit the door the third time, it was game on. It was game on. These were signals that it's time it's time to it's time to it's time to fight and we're there's no more negotiation after this, right? Dan, so we, Dan it's very it's very interesting that the Blessed Virgin Mary told Saint Dominic that praying the rosary, she called it her angelic psalter, is like taking a battering ram to the enemy. Then you think about those old movies, you know, that Hollywood made 50 years ago about Rome and they're crashing the city gates with the 20 soldiers hitting the, the, the door with a battering ram, a big old wooden tree that they're just pounding. And you think, wow, that's what the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is the word she used. The power this, of the. Wow. This isn't this isn't a couple crazy high high testosterone evangelist right oh this is the virgin mary the warrior queen who says do you know dominic what type of weapon for this warfare she says this is a the the angelic psalter is a battering ram a battering ram so three times a day hail mary three times three three hail marys three times a day you picture when you're doing that you're projecting that the angelic psalter, you're projecting the words of Gabriel, you're projecting the yes of the Virgin Mary that brought about the incarnation of God, the, the true epiphany. You're projecting that into the cosmos. And when you pray that, imagine you take a battering ram and you're going to take this battering ram. You're going to knock the walls down of any diabolic affliction that's oppressing your family, your children, your your, your loved ones. This is when we're talking about the, the use of the, the weaponry of meditation 
and meditative prayer. This is what we're talking about. The, imagine that. Not just, what do you say? Flowers flowing out of your mouth. I don't see any flowers ever coming out of your my mouth, right? I don't even eat vegetables. Meat and taters. That's it. <laughs> Dan, uh, Dan, let me ask you a question. At the last training that we were at a couple of weeks ago, Kyle, our buddy Kyle, used a, uh, he used a word. I think it was called orarium or uh, or honorarium orarium or orarium i guess or, yeah. in in relation to prayer what what can you i mean that i thought that was fascinating can you kind of share with the audience what orarium means in relation to prayer yeah it means well from the latin ora meaning meaning hora h o r a ora meaning uh, hour. hour so it's okay. it's praying at set times right okay. praying at set times you know, you go to you go to a monastery and and you're talking to one of the monks, whatever. If you ever been to a Benedictine monastery for retreat or whatever, and all of a sudden the bell rings, he'll look you. You be you could be in the middle of the most intense conversation, the most deep, intimate, uh, theologically whatever. He'll look you in the eye and say, "Okay," and he'll just walk away because the bell rang. He's going to honor the hour. They don't miss the hours. So hitting the set hours is very important in the monastic life, and so too in the Libra Cristo protocol. We want to hit those hours. Yeah. So, that, so, that's so, so it's, it's, it's there's morning sacrifice. There's midday sacrifice. There's evening sacrifices. There, there were sacrifices. So so there were things going on liturgically with the priest while the rest of Israel came together and prayed. So you have the liturgical uh, sacrificial things going over here, evening sacrifices, etc., that the priests were doing. But then the laity were also doing their spiritual sacrifices and offerings as well. It's no different now. We're doing the same thing. But you hit those set hours. If you pray the office of reading, you pray at more or less set hours, but when you do the Angelus, you're you're taking that battering ram three times a day, and you're knocking you're knocking against that wall three times. Dan, uh, go ahead and go back to uh, putting Saint Benedict's medals around your house. Give people we got three minutes a quick protocol on how to do that. What yeah, you- we bless this out if you want to next week, but 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 yeah, basically you you can you if, if you suspect diabolic activity, you've done the you've done your blessing. There's still and, and you're in all in a state of grace. You're cleaning you're cleaning up all the garbage in the house, any any unholy objects, get rid of all that. So you can bless it and do the as part of the Epiphany blessing. Salt lasts longer. I know there's been cases where Father Ripperger and and, and uh, has advised priests to to take salt blocks. Uh, like like that deer salt licks for deers use and bury them on the edge of the properties of churches and other places and that just provides a long sustained sacramental buried into the ground um, of exercise salt but this is just a, a minor version of doing that a smaller version for the property you can bury saint benedict medals you can you can put a big chunk of salt down there do that uh, um, the epiphany blessing you could also do what's called again you ratchet it up we have a certain principle of proportionality you don't send a division in against a squad you know a squad of 12 guys you don't send you don't send in a division of 20 you know 20,000 or 30,000 or 100,000 sorry so so you, you want to do proportionality so you start with the epiphany blessing you could ratchet it up to the imprecatory psalms which is going through with the Douay Rheims version of the psalms look them up online the imprecatory psalms going through that the property praying the imprecatory psalms is also very very powerful if that doesn't work you ratchet it up again and then that's when you have to you, you should bring in a priest and have a priest bless it preferably with one of the you know, if there's uh, there's the blessing in Father Ripperger's book for priests of minor exorcism for houses for places, uh, you know, that have Malefist uh, present. Malefist is placed in a, in a place, um, and then the next step would be exorcism and and you know that sort of thing. If you can have mass said there, it's very 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 effective to have mass said there. Um, 
So, so, but basically you ratchet it up, but that's how you do it. Process around the property, not just your home, but sprinkle with salt and uh, exercise salt and, and holy water. And, and just, just picture yourself planting the flag of Jesus Christ, right? Tapping your shield with your, with your sword, proclaiming this house as, as the property of Jesus Christ and his church. Dan, as you're, as, as they're planting the St. Benedict's medals around the four corners of the house, uh, should they do a, 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 a quick perimeter prayer uh, on each medal or just one perimeter prayer uh, for the entire house? You would do one, one perimeter prayer for the, the entire time. I would just do one perimeter prayer. It's fine. You know, it's, there's not a set formula that I know of for, for this other than the, the 50 blessing. And then again, bringing in a priest if need be. Got it. Uh, Dan, I find it, I, I find it fascinating. Go, I, went to, again, I went to this Jewish website, which says that the Jews pray three times a day. David, Daniel talks about it. It's many passages in the Old Testament. And even the, wherever they were at in Israel, in the Holy Land, they were uniting themselves with the temple prayers in Jerusalem. So what you're talking about is exactly what the Jews already have demonstrated. That's what they've been doing way before we Catholics. The Jews are called to pray three times a day, the lay people, wherever they're at. Yeah. They're, called, they're called to get on their knees, face Jerusalem three times a day, because those are the set times where they're playing at the temple... Yeah. And now there's a unified coalition of prayers there, just like what you're saying in the Catholic Church today. Yeah. Wow. That's a, That's, That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Yep. Two Catholics uh, fully vaxxed with the blood of Jesus, uh, fully boosted with all the sacraments of the church. We'll see you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. War College. Up next, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics. Okay? We are EOW. End of watch. We're out. <laughs>